0: You're not a threat to them. And they're just like, oh, thank God, some guy that's not trying to fuck me tonight.
1: Welcome to a special turkey edition of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales, and joining me. Is a man who might have flown too close to the sun, and that
0: is Joe McMahon. How did you fare with matching with Carter Cruz on Bumble? Uh, well, um, I have not matched with her yet. I I gotta believe that she just doesn't get on the app that often. She probably got guys throwing themselves at her all the time. So, you know, next time she logs on, she'll see my profile, and um, you know, then it'll be all fun and games from there.
1: Glad you're still holding out hope. For those that don't know, Carter Cruz is a popular porn star, so. Makes no surprise that you haven't matched a third yet. And also joining us, making his debut on the podcast, he's commonly known by his out of this world Instagram post. Isaac, Isaac Reyes, how does it feel to move from Colorado to Houston? You know what,
2: man? It's been a pretty slow adjustment. It's, you know, I used to be able to look out my window every day, see some pretty mountains. And this time of year, weather's nice. It's snowing up in Colorado. Right now, it's uh, hot and humid in Texas, as it tends to be. So give me some time. I'll get adjusted to it. (laughs) All right. So we
1: got so much fun stuff to talk about. Everything from Trump and LeVar Ball to Baker Mayfield, some very hot, spicy Thanksgiving food takes. But to get us started, we have a coaching changeup. Jim Moore fired from UCLA after going five and six, three and five in conference. Joe, do you think this clear the, clears the way for Chip Kelly?
0: You know, Chip Kelly, uh, he's been rumored to be the guy to come in there. He's, you know, West Coast when he was at Oregon. Obviously, he's not in the NFL anymore. He's also been rumored at Florida, uh, I'd read. So, uh, you know, it, it's possible that it could clear the way for him. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to do much better with Mora's talent. Uh, Mora was able to win with... Um, New high school's guys and not his own. So I don't really know what, what the issue is there. Uh, but hey, you know, there's been talk about Gruden going to Tennessee. What why can't he go to UCLA too?
2: Uh well I'll start off by saying it's gotta be pretty good to be Chip Kelly these days, huh? I, I think um only oh, yeah. um, not the kids for UCLA. I think he's definitely gotta be one of their one of his top landing spots at this point. I'll put it this way, UCLA. It's been about 19 years, maybe more, since they've been a Pac-12 champion or been a co-Pac-12 champion. And in that time, pretty much all the programs in the Pac-12 have held that distinction, including Washington State, Oregon State, Arizona State, even California. So you got to think at this point, UCLA is getting pretty desperate. And just to give you some uh, some numbers that UCLA is running right now, they just invested $56 million in a new football complex. They've got a $280 million apparel deal with Under Armour. Uh, they could easily eat out Morris' $12 million buyout. So you got to think that her program that's desperate for wins and wants wins now wants to show the world that they deserve all that money that they're getting. Uh, yeah, Chip Kelly might be a pretty good landing spot for him. That being said. Yeah, that's,
1: that's quite a bit of coin. What do you guys think about these Jeff Fisher rumors, though? Apparently, they had internal discussions regarding him. Uh, after seeing how well the Rams performed under Sean McVay under, with a pretty similar roster, kind of feel like this makes Jeff Fisher one of the worst coaches we've seen in a while. So what do you guys think about those rumors?
0: I mean, I hadn't even heard of that before. That's insane. I don't think that Jeff <laughs> Fisher would be a good hire anywhere. Um, I wouldn't. If I had kids, I wouldn't want him coaching their flag football team uh a, <laughs> you're, you're looking unless at, you want to go eat me
1: unless exactly. you want to go exactly i mean you look off.
0: at the rams and like you said i mean uh you know they added a few wide receivers sammy watkins and robert woods in the offseason which those guys are fire uh if you've watched any of the highlights from this season of the rams those guys are usually involved so that's definitely helping out golf you know a lot of bit, as you might say but um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put any uh, money down on Fisher going to UCLA?
2: Yeah, this is the first time hearing about Fisher rumors. And to be honest, we're we're a few bad losses away from having a full-blown coaching carousel in college football. And you got to think there are better options out there than Jeff Fisher for UCLA. Absolutely. All right, so we are going to
1: continue a segment we started last week called Fake News or Hashtag Not Fake News. So I'm going to pose a question or scenario to Isaac and Joe, and they will tell me if it's fake news or not. First one up is... Baker Mayfield cost himself in the draft because of this past Saturday.
2: Isaac, what do I'm you think? I'm going to go fake news, but only in the sense that I don't think he was going to do that well in the draft in the first place. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, I definitely think he's going to be a first round pick. Uh, we've seen this year that we've got a lot of NFL teams that are hurting for quarterbacks. I mean, you've got the Browns, the Giants, the Chargers, maybe uh, the Jets for sure, the Cardinals, Bills, maybe even the Steelers. So I mean, you think about the five or six teams that are quarterback dependent right now. And you probably got about four to six good quarterbacks in this draft. So I, I definitely think he falls late in the first. But I kind of see it more as like a Johnny Manziel situation where, you know, they're looking at his behavioral concerns. And, you know, you might see him in the 20 to 25th pick range somewhere in there, but definitely still first round in my opinion. Joe,
0: I'm going to say real news. I think that people after seeing the Johnny Manziel fallout, the train wreck, that was Johnny football. They're not going to want to take a chance on another, you know, I guess Manziel graduated as a sec guy, but I think he started as a big 12 guy, right? Seeing yet another big 12 rich kid, white quarterback thinking he runs the world can run from cops, be a fucking idiot. Like the, there's no way that it doesn't affect, you know, let alone his Eisman chances. But yeah, his draft stock, too. And and it's not like he's played any super tough competition this year. I mean, they've had what two contender games against Ohio State and TCU, right? I mean, that's been it. So it's, you know, like I agree with Isaac in saying, you know, his draft stock wasn't necessarily that high to begin with, but I still definitely think. This does hurt it. I mean, he's
1: already been disciplined, quote-unquote, versus West Virginia and won't start. And oh my gosh, oh no, he won't be the captain. He's already said that's a huge blow to his uh, ego to not be the captain for his final game in OU, but... I don't know how you can possibly manage to go around that, but that's so, stu- I mean, so stupid. I mean, stupid too. It, yeah. It's like,
0: oh, he's not starting. We've disciplined him. Yeah, and then you're going uh, to do one drive with your backup, <laughs> and then they're going to put him in to Make Mayfield after Washington or West Virginia goes up seven to nothing on their first drive, <laughs> like, and uh, and
1: after West Virginia already lost their starting quarterback too, like uh, it's that 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 benching for one drive is like the worst discipline in college football. It's just like a slap on the wrist, if even that, but. I gotta say, Isaac brings up a good point. There are a lot of teams that, you know, are, you know, we're used to the Browns and the Jaguars and the, you know, you name it, teams that always need quarterbacks. it Seems like every single year. But there's some teams that have had quarterbacks for a while that they're not looking good. So, maybe the Cardinals, uh, the Steelers, like you said, Ben could retire after this season. So there's gonna be a lot of teams that are gonna be looking for a quarterback to uh, help their team out. So maybe, or maybe he's right that he sticks around. So next one up, Joe. Does Auburn upset Alabama this week?
0: Fake news. Alabama (laughs) has steamrolled everyone except for Mississippi State two weeks ago. They're so obviously a cut above the whole rest of the NCAA that it's just – it was embarrassing for the league when they ranked Clemson one and Alabama two – because everyone saw right through it. was like, oh, you're doing that for ratings so that no one thinks that Alabama is as dominant as they are. They are. They're the real deal. Uh, I mean, it's Auburn, Alabama. It's the Iron Bowl. You, it's always a coin toss with that. But if I'm a betting man, which I am, I'm putting my money on Alabama. All right, I'm going to have
2: to disagree with you. I'm going to go not fake news, uh, mostly because I want it to be true, but also because I don't. I don't really <laughs> think that Bama's really proven themselves yet. I know that's crazy to say because Bama's proven themselves over the past decade as being the premier team in college football. But this year, I think they've kind of been exposed against an okay Mississippi State. Obviously, they won that game, but Miss State kept it closer than you would have anticipated. Uh, pretty, I guess, relatively close wins. to Texas A&M, which, as we all know, is a garbage program year in year out. You look at their resume, they've got ranked wins against four State, which, you know, look how that turned out. Uh, an up and down LSU that you know lost to Troy, then had to bounce back after that, and that Mississippi State, win, or Mississippi State win as well. So I'm not really sure Auburn. On the other hand, I mean they beat a very good number one team in Georgia. Uh, they've kept that momentum rolling the past week, and I expect there to be a pretty uh, pretty solid performance in the Iron Bowl. We might see little flashes of 2013 where that game pretty much had national championship implications.
1: All right. So last topic up. To Isaac, will there be a
2: two-loss team in the college playoff? Man, I'm going to have to say fake news. And I racked my brain today thinking about all the scenarios that uh, could possibly play out resulting in a two-loss playoff team. But the most likely ones that I can foresee are Auburn winning out, which even though I just laid out a case for them beating Bama, I think for them to beat Bama and to beat... Georgia in the SEC championship would be kind of a far-fetched deal at this point. And then that would also require, on the other hand, Ohio State to win out. And I don't know, man. Wisconsin's looking pretty good. I didn't think they were the real deal until this past weekend. And they've pretty much rolled through this season unopposed. And you got to think if Ohio State wins out, they could maybe make it in. But I'm thinking that Wisconsin takes the uh, Big Ten championship. So I'm going to go fake news.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to say fake news as well. I just don't see OU's not losing to West Virginia. Uh, There's no way they blow that game. Uh, Then you've got Alabama with, well, I guess you know they have the SEC championship, which they'll probably play Georgia, right? So, but they've got Auburn between then. So yeah, you know maybe, but even if Alabama loses one of those games, even if they lose both you know maybe i see alabama would be the only two loss team in the college football playoff but with uh who is it clemson and miami are playing each other so one of them's going to drop out and one of them's still going to remain with just one or one loss you know most likely clemson if that's the case but if wisconsin wins out like isaac said um despite their cupcake schedule up to this point uh, i think that they could still maintain that spot
1: yeah, the the only team I was thinking maybe is Ohio State, just because like you're saying, Wisconsin's a really good team. Now, if they beat them, that might propel them up just to the number four, but I still probably don't see it either. So speaking of fake news, we have one of the more interesting headlines of the year. You know, if I told you two years ago that the president of the United States would be in a feud with the basketball dad and wishing he kept his kids in jail— You probably wouldn't have believed me, but that's exactly what we have here today, folks. We got Trump versus LeVar Ball, a heavyweight fight in the battle of the egos. When asked about the president's involvement in the situation, LeVar responded with, who? Trump responded by
2: saying, I should have left them in jail. Isaac, is there a right side here? (laughs) Oh, man, this one's a doozy. Uh, There is no right side. Uh, That being said, I am probably the biggest LeVar Ball apologist that you will find. I just can't get enough of the guy. I love it. If there's one thing we've learned (laughs) in the last two years is that outrage sells. And this guy has built a brand around outrage. I mean, think about the ways that LeVar Ball's gotten popular. He shows up on shows, says crazy things, gets into fights with people, saying shit like he can take Jordan one-on-one. So think of it this way. Do you or do you not think that LeVar Ball saw the opportunity – of Trump being in Asia at the same time as his eh, not-so-great-a-basketball son, at least compared to the other ones. Oh, let's be real. jell probably not going to make it in the NBA, right? So who better to kind of take the fall, start an international incident, get Trump involved, and then start up a feud with Whoa, the king. A bit of conspiracy. Trump is the king of outrage. LeVar Ball is positing this so that he can be on this side of the Trump argument. And he's just expanding his brand, man. He's expanding the brand now. The president's involved. I think it's a good move by LeVar, And you're crazy if you don't think that he planned this out himself.
0: Oh, 100%, wow, hundred percent. He he's like Kris Jenner and her planning out the whole Kardashian empire. <laughs> but the uh, but it's for sports, so I'm much more like into this. I'm supportive of it. You know, he saw the opportunities. Like y- you've got two of the most divisive people in the United States right now. And people are inclined to side with Lavar, <laughs> and some people are inclined to side with Trump. So that's why it's so crazy. Like I just want them to be. Uh, I mean, they've both had some involvement in WWE in the past. And oh yeah, wrestling. Match. We we get them at WrestleMania. That shit's going viral, and that will be talked about for ages. Um, definitely in on that conspiracy theory, Isaac. You know, perhaps they are both Illuminati, and they're just both using it to their brands. <laughs> uh you know he could have even told jello hey get caught stealing some shit in china because w- they were starting to fall out of the headlines you know lonzo's not doing so hot in the nba uh the bust has <laughs> got Melo's got you know some time before he can really even start making headlines again so you know they needed something they, they gotta stay current so um i i definitely think this was calculated and uh but at the same time like did Trump's request to China even make any difference? Like, you're talking like the balls don't have lawyers. You're talking like UCLA athletic department doesn't have lawyers that were able to work with the Chinese government to get them out. Like, Trump's involvement was probably so minimal that it didn't make a difference. But the key point is that it caused some headlines. And that's what we love.
1: God, I would love to see them wrestle. I mean, I'm just trying to think of who would be favored in it. I feel like LeVar's probably got a little more athletic reach on him, but I think Trump's got to have at least 20 pounds on him, don't People you can
0: think? bet on that. <laughs> at least 20, man. Oh.
1: Now, that would probably break the internet, like, to be quite honest. But I got to agree with you, Isaac, in, in the sense that LeVar Ball expands his brand again. This guy sounds like an idiot, but he's actually kind of a genius. He has, You're right. He goes on all these talk shows, says ridiculous shit. Um, it just gets people to all, like go crazy and have to feel like they have to say something about it. And the entire time, we're just talking about Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball. And look, he goes to the LA Lakers. Now it's time to pump up LiAngelo, and like you know, it's, it's the same thing. He's trying to pump up his brain again. And to his credit, it's worked. Now I will, I will not give him the credit of Chris Jenner. That 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 lady is a master, is a mastermind. She is the will can never be surpassed as the most famous person to ever get their brand that good and that effectively. So next battle of the egos, Jerry Jones versus Roger Goodell. Oh man. He had a feud with him. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's going to be good. I mean, this is like a civil war of the ages, probably the most two powerful men in the NFL right now. Jerry Jones has had a feud with Goodell ever since Ezekiel Elliott was suspended for six games. So apparently Jerry was told, or at least Strongly inferred uh, by Goodell that he would not suspend Zeke, but Goodell calls Jerry, tells him uh, we're going to suspend him six games. Apparently, there's a long pause on the phone and Jerry takes off that mute button and he says this, I'm going to come after you with everything I have. If you think Bob Kraft came after you hard, Bob Kraft is a pussy compared to what I'm going to do. Jerry threatened to sue over the Goodell deal and has since just created a massive civil war in the NFL. So this begs a question, and after this recent news, it might not be relevant anymore. But Isaac, do you think Jerry is successful at all in shortening Roger Goodell's term or length as commissioner in the NFL?
2: Man, I just don't see it. And if I'm being honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Jerry Jones. I'm also not a really big fan of Roger Goodell. Uh, if this is a civil war, then I don't think I really want to be any part of it because I don't really want to be on either side here. That being said, Jones is clearly cool just being bitter here. He's got too much money. He's got an ax to grind with Goodell. And granted, Goodell's, you know has a history of kind of overreaching his authority and acting as judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to disappointing players in the NFL. But, I mean, this whole situation is just a clusterfuck my opinion. And I guess if you're asking whether or not it's <laughs> well affecting what, what, whether or not it's affecting the Cowboys play, I guess insofar as it's as it's kept Elliott off the field, I mean, totally. I mean the Cowboys look like a shell of their former selves without Elliot on the field. Uh, granted some of that has to do with Tyron Smith being injured as well, but I mean the Cowboys offense has been anemic ever since Elliott's taken off the field. And so as far as that goes, yeah, it's affected their team. But I guess as far as You're asking whether or not it's a distraction for the team. I don't think so. This is just another one of Jerry's sideshows, and I think we'll all be better for it when it goes away.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Affecting their play, obviously, Ezekiel, Elliott's a monster running back. Without him, the Cowboys are not that good, unfortunately. But um, there's been so many other distractions in the NFL in the past few years, whether it's the anthems, whether it's the concussion debate, whether it's this or that, you know whether it's celebrations like that's not the distraction factor isn't there um i don't think jones is going to be successful um not that he shouldn't be i do think that goodell has done a garbage job as commissioner uh you look at the way that adam silver has just taken over the nba and gotten all the owners bought in on him whereas you know there there are NFL owners that are on Jerry Jones's side. Um, you know Jones, like you said, Joey, very powerful in the NFL. Him and Kroenke and Goodell are probably you know top three, and it really just depends on day the day on which ranking they are. Um, but that being said, it's it's a different NFL now. It's not all that old boy owners that Jones was able to help out with his you know big TV deals and really getting the marketing there and really bringing in the revenue that they were able to take part of. So there's not so much ode to Jones. So I don't think everybody's going to be jumping onto his bandwagon to get Goodell's extension shortened or whatever it is. But, um, it's, it, it is hilarious to watch. It's not as fun as the LeVar Trump feud. I will, I will <laughs> definitely say that it's, uh, it's a little too serious. And then there's lawsuits involved. It's not just entertainment, but, um, yeah it's just it it is funny to see though because it is personal and he's taking this personal thing out in a very serious legal and financially viable sense i mean goodell was set he's making like 40 mil a year dude like that's unreal money that he's looking getting his own jet yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, if his extension doesn't get renewed, I mean, obviously, Goodell's going to be okay. He'll find something, you know, whether he just lives off his $10,000 speaking engagements once a week, you know, it, it'll be all right. But man, it, it is it's serious business, too, because there's so much lobbying that goes behind the scenes in the sports industry between cities, commissioners all these lobbyists, it's insane. So this, this could get actually very messy
2: and I'm I'm here for
0: it. I'm ready to live it.
2: On top of that.
1: Yeah. Where's the Michael, Michael Jackson eating popcorn gift. Go ahead, Isaac. Yeah. On
2: top of that, we're already getting reports today and yesterday that they're pretty much saying that they're on track for Goodell to get an extension on his contract. And it'll probably be confirmed at the next uh, owner's meeting in December. And Jones is already kind of backing off on the statement saying he was going to sue the NFL kind of, Taking a more soft line approach, saying that he'd rather just, you know, have more input from the owners, not just the the committee. Yeah, the competition committee already denied his request
1: for the vote on the Roger Goodell deal, so I don't think he's going to be successful. I think Jones kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like, I mean, like it's kind of you know, it's kind of useless for me to try to get him out of there when we literally just voted on this, and I myself said yes, and then to come back and say no only because of Zeke's uh, Zeke's suspension. It's kind of you know tongue-in cheek like you're not you know you don't really mean this, you just don't want your players to spend it. So it is in the sea, it is the season of Thanksgiving feast, and what better way to celebrate than provide people with a Thanksgiving food bracket. So we are going to debate what is the ultimate side for this for the feast this Thursday? We have produced a top 16 of of sides. Thanksgiving, which excludes turkey for obvious reasons, but includes the most common and relevant Thanksgiving sides. So first, I'm going to list all the sides in order of a rank before we debate. Since there are three of us, a majority of two out of three votes will do, and that'll mean the winner will move on. So at one, we have mashed potatoes, classic solid dish. Number two, Hawaiian rolls. Can't go wrong. Number three, stuffing. Number four, sweet potatoes. Number five, mac and cheese. Number six, ham. Number seven, cranberry. Number eight, cornbread. Number nine, green bean casserole. 10, cream corn. 11, turkey gravy. 12, scalloped potatoes. 13, broccoli casserole. 14, butternut squash. 15, cream spinach. And last but not least, 16, Brussels sprouts. So first up, we got the number one seed, mashed potatoes, taking on number 16, Brussels sprouts. I will go ahead and just say this. Brussels sprouts are disgusting. Uh, They're never good. I don't care what you do with them. They're disgusting, and they will never compete with the one, the only mashed potatoes. Whoever wants this, because y'all already know y'all's takes are ridiculous, so go ahead.
0: Well, I will start off here. Um, I don't even think we really need to vote on this one because it it is very obvious that mashed potatoes is the winner. Um, However, Brussels sprouts, Joey, I would say – they make you feel good about yourself because if you eat them in front of other people, they'll think you're healthy. And if they're hot girls and they think you're healthy, you know, you never know. So don't count Brussels sprouts out, but obviously no matchup against the great mashed potatoes.
2: Well, it looks like uh, the vote's already decided. I'm going to go ahead and uh, voice my complaint that you seeded Brussels sprouts at 16. I think that's criminal. I think Brussels sprouts are easily a top-five side. I don't care what you say. Uh, cook them up with a little bacon grease. Throw some balsamic on there, delicious. Obviously, a kick compete with mashed potatoes. My allegiance is live with mashed potatoes. I'm gonna have to make my vote for mashed potatoes as well. Mashed potatoes wins round one.
0: So we're all starchy boys. Let's go. What could possibly go
1: wrong? All right, next matchup: number eight cornbread versus number nine green bean casserole. I will go ahead and say that cornbread is delicious and kicks the tar out of green bean casserole, which I've never really liked, and that's 0 for 2 so far in the vegetables for Joey, so uh, this is not looking good health-wise. Go ahead, guys.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I'm on board with you, Joey. uh, I'm okay with green bean casserole. It's not really my thing. I understand that some people have pretty fierce opinions about it, so I'm going to go ahead and say cornbread. It's just a classic. It's delicious, sweet, can't get enough of it.
0: Yeah, uh, I wasn't gonna vote cornbread. I was gonna vote green bean casserole. And I'll tell you why. Because Whoa. it's fire. Um, I've been outvoted, but I'd still like to, um, you know, give my uh, what, what is it recession speech? What uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Con- con- so, concession. Was, concession. Con- go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Eh, I, I should have known. We're talking about food concessions, right? Uh, <laughs> green bean casserole. You put some of the uh, like fried onion strings on top of the casserole. Oh, so good. Um, plus corn bread. Like I'm probably going to have corn. Otherwise, like I don't need it in the bread that I'm eating too. Why don't I just have regular bread? So, but you guys win with your corn bread, whatever. All
1: right. Next matchup. Number five, Mac and cheese. versus number 12 scallop potatoes. Once again, I just don't think there's a matchup here. I think Mac and cheese has it hands down. It's delicious. It's savory. Uh, I mean, potatoes are all right, but they just don't compete with the great, the one, and only the mac and cheese. Isaac, what are your thoughts? Yeah,
2: forget Thanksgiving. Mac and cheese is just an all-American side, regardless of the day of the year. So I'm picking mac if and cheese, especially if it's baked. You we got a little bit of meat in there, too. No question.
0: If Yeah, if any of you guys voted against mac and cheese, I'd have quit the fucking podcast right now, unfri- <laughs> unfriended you on Facebook, unfollowed you on Instagram, I'd have snapchatted you pictures of my balls, and then... I would have never talked to you ever again.
1: I'm not. Well, that's it. I got interesting. All right, <laughs> number four, sweet potatoes versus number thirteen broccoli casserole. Again, guys, I'm just not seeing an upset here. I think sweet potato takes it. They bring a good game. They have a good defense and a
0: backcourt. I'm kidding. Sweet potatoes are delicious, though. They all easily get my vote. Now, do you guys put the marshmallows on top of the sweet potato no. casserole?
2: Absolutely, no. absolutely, no. And I'm. Fierce believer of that. No. Get out of here with your trash. What? Marshmallows. What do you mean you don't want? You don't want – who doesn't like marshmallows? No. The way to do it – and this is a family recipe, so I'm what you guys get in a secret. The secret is to get a nice crust of the brown sugar and very finely chopped pecans. and That does more for you than trash-ass cheap marshmallows. I promise you. I don't you
1: talking about. I bring gourmet marshmallows to the table, Isaac. Do you just not like fun? Do you never like s'mores when you were a kid? Whatever, man.
2: So, sweet potato casserole obviously wins this one. No question about it.
1: All right, let's head to the other side of the bracket. We got number two Hawaiian rolls versus 15 cream spinach. I'm going to go ahead and advance Hawaiian rolls. If there are any uh,
2: objections, please speak now. This one's not even fair. It's Hawaiian rolls all the way. I mean, you just can't compete.
0: This this is one of the closer matchups, though, despite the rankings. Uh, You know, uh, because cream spinach, I've had it before, pretty tasty but no match for the Hawaiian rolls.
1: I just, I don't know. I didn't see it high uh, that well, I guess to rank it higher than a 15 seed, but who knows? All right. Next matchup. Number seven, cranberry versus number 10 cream corn. What do you
0: guys got? Cream corn all the way. I do not understand the infatuation with cranberry and cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving. I just I don't like the taste of cranberries. I don't like anything having to do with cranberries. I It's, unreal why it's such a staple and it's so trash
2: cream corn let's go i'm uh gonna have to sum this up with one sentence cranberry sauce is trash uh all right you guys are about
1: to get kicked off the pot so cranberry is delicious what i think it's perfect for is making turkey less dry which can often happen after cooking it it's perfect to go along with it it makes kind of like a sauce kind of like paste like taste taste with it perfect for a sandwich Goes great with everything. Cranberry's delicious. It's also very healthy for you. Speaking of Joe trying to impress the ladies, go ahead and put some cranberry on there next time instead of your cheap ass gangsta hillbilly cream corn. But I'm <laughs> outvoted here. I will
2: advance the cream <laughs> corn. Sorry there, Joe. Hey, but
0: hey, you know what? You want to make the turkey less dry? You put gravy on it. All right. That that's how you do Thanksgiving. You get hey, we'll, get we'll, get there, there. we'll get yeah. there. We'll
2: get there, Joe. we down there, bud. <laughs>
1: Number three, stuffing versus number 14, butternut squash. Uh, I got to say, cornbread stuffing is about as good as it gets on Thanksgiving, so I will take the stuffing here. Stuffing.
2: Yeah, it's got to be stuffing here.
1: All right. I like it when it's short and sweet. Speaking of gravy, got number six, ham versus number 11, turkey gravy. Joe, since you had such an opinion, why don't you start us off?
0: Well, yeah, see, I wasn't looking ahead in the bracket because I'm going to have to go ham here because, to be quite honest with you, Brez, I do not really like turkey that much because I do find it dry. I like the dark meat, a little more moist, a little more flavorful, but I will always opt for seconds of ham instead of turkey. That's not to say there's not a place for turkey in the Thanksgiving festival. Uh, They can make great leftovers sandwiches. However, on the day of the shindig, I'm going ham.
2: Yeah. This one's a little hard for me. I, uh, I got to say, this is probably the closest matchup for me so far. Uh, I do love ham. I think ham is fantastic. I probably will say that I like it more than turkey. Uh, that being said, I've always associated ham as more of a Christmas entree. Uh, that being said, like you said, the cranberry sauce, Joey thinks that it makes the turkey better. I think that gravy is absolutely essential for a Thanksgiving dinner, especially if you have turkey. So I'm going to throw my vote in for uh, the gravy here on the basis of it's the more, uh, I guess, crucial Thanksgiving side as opposed to ham, which, you know, you'll see it again in six weeks. So no no real urgency to have it in November. All right, so we're presented with
1: our first uh, deciding vote. I got to say I like ham. I think a problem with it, though, is sometimes it can be a little bit rubbery in taste and texture. So I'm going to go with the gravy here. It's just perfect. It's warm. It's a delicious side to put on your turkey. Uh, If it's made right, you know, and not just from a can or something, it can be very, very delicious. So I will go ahead with our first pretty big upset, a number 11 turkey gravy taking down the ham. All right, so we are down to our an elite eight, and I feel like this is where stuff is going to get intense because uh, there's some heavy hitters up here. So let's go back to the top. We got mashed potatoes versus cornbread. Now I think I still got to go mashed potatoes. Uh, as long as you're, you know, you're not, you know, messing up with your uh, your ingredients, you just feel like you can't go wrong. Uh, cornbread's delicious too, but got to go mashed potatoes here again.
0: Yeah, mashed potatoes because. You can still improve them, even if the cook fucks them up. If you have a stick of butter and some table salt, you can make the potatoes edible. But yeah. it, it, cornbread, once it's cooked, that's pretty much all you got. And I don't, I mean, you, I guess you could butter the cornbread too. But at the end of the day, what are you trying to eat the most of on Thanksgiving? Eat some cornbread when you go to Cracker Barrel, eat mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving.
1: Who the hell goes to Cracker Barrel?
0: (laughs) Dude, I went to Cracker Barrel actually more times than I'd like to admit on a monthly basis when I lived in Dallas. All right. I just learned
2: Joe is – I'll uh, just leave it at that. (laughs) I just learned Joe is 72. So, Isaac, what's your take? Yeah, I got to go with mashed potatoes here. I mean that's about as crucial as sides get on Thanksgiving. If I walk into the Thanksgiving dinner and I don't see mashed potatoes on my table, I'm walking out the door. I'm getting a flight and I'm going to see my other family because that's just inexcusable. Got to say you can't go wrong with the mashed potatoes. So,
1: for I feel like this might be the closest one. We got five, we got mac and cheese versus four sweet potatoes. Joe, what's your take?
0: <sighs> I was hoping I wasn't going to have to decide on this one. Mac <laughs> and cheese versus sweet potatoes. Um, you know, since it is the Thanksgiving theme, I pretty much only have sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving mac and cheese i can get any day of the week i can make it any day of the week sweet potatoes is that's i'm gonna have to go sweet potatoes here much love to mac and cheese you know i probably would have bet the under uh on the scoring of this because it was just going to be a defensive battle uh but <laughs> it, it's it's sweet potatoes
1: got a lot of reach Does uh, mac and cheese like uh, a lot of reach it could go to any meal any different uh holiday theme you can see it in easter you can see it in christmas all over the place a lot of versatility a lot of good defense there. Yeah, Isaac, is they're,
0: they're they're like an esports uh team brand you know they, they play a lot they play in a lot of different games uh but uh, sometimes you know if you're immortals maybe you don't have that great of a league of legends team and so you're gonna get uh whooped in there but you might clean up
2: in the halo championship series
1: Just kidding. Joe's actually 14, not 72.
2: Isaac? (laughs) Yeah, uh, this one's actually, I mean, you got two heavy hitters here. This almost looks like it could possibly be a a title game in, you know, another bracket. But I got to say, I actually did early Thanksgiving this past weekend with my family uh, up in spring. And when it's time for me to come back down to Houston and I was packing up leftovers throughout the week, what did I load up on? Sweet potato casserole. So that's where my vote's going to be, sweet potato casserole. You know, Joe, I
1: was thinking about this too, and I probably would have gone mac and cheese if this wasn't a Thanksgiving bracket. But it's Thanksgiving. we got to stay on brand. got to stick to what is perfect for Thanksgiving, and that's sweet potatoes. We'll sweep it there, and we will move on the number four, sweet potatoes. So no real upsets in the uh, left side of the bracket, the east, if you will. Number two, Hawaiian rolls versus cream corn at number 10. Um, I still think it's Hawaiian rolls. They're delicious. I mean, it's not that hard. You can go get them from your local grocery store and just uh, simply heat them up. And they're pro- they're the most delicious thing with not a lot of work. Uh, I just feel like you can't go wrong here with picking the 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 the, the number two seed.
2: Yeah, the Hawaiian rolls are really the perfect complement to a Thanksgiving meal because they're light. They're fluffy. They don't fill you up quite like other bread does. They're nice and sweet, a little bit buttery. And you know, all the, all respect to cream corn. I know it. Uh, kind of knocked off another heavy hitter in the first round there, but I'm going to go Hawaiian rolls for this one. I think it's just it is too good. I can't go without him.
0: Yeah, it is crazy seeing the way these uh, these foods compete with each other. Uh, you know, (laughs) last round, we're we're looking at, oh, mac and cheese, you can get it any day, you can eat it any time. They don't deserve the Thanksgiving hype. And then we're looking at Hawaiian rolls, same scenario, but they're getting all the Thanksgiving hype. And um, I I do have to agree, if I had to choose two items on my plate, only one of them could be Hawaiian rolls or cream corn, I'm going Hawaiian rolls. All right, so for our last
1: matchup of, of the elite eight, we have an in division rivalry, and that's stuffing versus turkey gravy. Both these guys compete with the turkey; they make it better. They're used to each other's uh, schemes. Uh, they see each other twice a year on Thanksgiving and Christmas, so they like you know they can. That second game is usually pretty tough, but man, I think turkey gravy is going to go with the upset here. Uh, like I said, it's warm, it's delicious. It's not. I mean, as long as you're not. You know, pulling out of a can or something, it can always compete with stovetop. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the upset here at number eleven, turkey gravy. Joe, what do you yeah, think? Yeah,
0: I'm going to have to agree with that. It's it's a scenario where you know you, you want your turkey to be moist, and maybe turkey gravy is not your favorite, but you still want a Big Twelve team to to be a contender. <laughs> so you're you're going to cheer for you're tr- going to cheer for the conference. Turkey gravy takes this one.
2: Oh, you no, know, I, I thought to this that maybe uh, maybe turkey gravy was going to be a bit of a dark horse, but now it looks like it was just improperly seated. I mean, kind of criminal to have it as low as we did. I, I got to vote for turkey gravy too. It's our Florida Gulf Coast of uh, Thanksgiving side.
1: So <laughs> okay, now we are at the final four. Yeah, these teams have had a little bit to rest up. You know, a couple days off. Got a got a, got a chance to uh, think think themselves through. And, man, we have a great matchup. It is right up the family tree. They are not far from each other, one-on-one in the spectrum, but one right there next to it, mashed potatoes versus number four, sweet potatoes.
2: All right, let me start this one out so I can lay the case for my vote. I'm going to vote for sweet potato casserole again. And I've already kind of established in the first round some of my reasoning. But the family recipe that we use for sweet potato casserole, has been, bar none, my favorite dish to eat every single year, as long as I can remember, since I was a kid at least. And I tell you what, I load up on that stuff whenever Thanksgiving is over and it's time for us to pack up and go home. I've got probably you know one of those medium-sized, quart-sized Tupperware containers full of sweet potato casserole in the fridge right now that I'm going to eat after this podcast is done recording. I'm going to go to Round Rock and have a second Thanksgiving with the girlfriend's family. We're probably going to have sweet potato casserole there. I'm going to load up again, bring it back home. I can't get enough of it. This is probably one of the only times of the year that you can eat it. Mashed potatoes, they're great. Don't get me wrong. I love them. You got to have them at Thanksgiving dinner. But my loyalties ultimately lie with the sweet potato casserole, and that's where my boat's going to go.
1: What a wild man. Going for seconds on sweet potato and a second Thanksgiving, Joe. I mean, I don't know if we've ever met a bigger badass than of Gray is, so.
0: I don't know uh, His the season, take. I hear. So, uh, trying to make all those gains with the starches and the sweetness.
1: Couldn't couldn't just dis- uh, can't disagree with that uh, mentality, Joe. What's your take?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, sweet potato casserole is just such an iconic Thanksgiving dish that you know it, it beats out mac and cheese, and I think it beats out mashed potatoes here too. I, do I have mashed potatoes at Christmas? Yes, I do. Do I have mashed potatoes on Easter? Yes, I do. Do I have mashed potatoes far more often than I have sweet potato casserole? Yes, I do. But sweet potatoes take in the Thanksgiving bracket.
1: You know, for my vote, what it really came down to is I imagined uh, a plate of mashed potatoes and a plate of sweet potatoes. And I imagine if I had one last fork, if I'm stuffed on Thanksgiving and I want one last bite of something, what would it be? And it's the sweet potato casserole. It's just, it's too delicious on Thanksgiving. It's sweet. It's savory. You got to have another bite. With mashed potatoes, you can easily see yourself getting worn out. They, they provide a good defensive front. Uh, they just don't let you get away with much. So I'm going to go ahead and advance sweet potatoes for our big upset, taking down the number one seed. Last but not least, Hawaiian Rolls versus number 11, Gravy. Um, what do you guys think here? It's a tough matchup for a number 11 seed coming out, making it this far. Our Cinderella,
0: if you
2: will. Man, I do love a good Cinderella story. Well, you're only
0: eating turkey gravy on Thanksgiving, right? I mean, it, it's turkey gravy. You're eating turkey on Thanksgiving. It's the Thanksgiving iconic thing. We talked about Horion Ho rolls. You can get them anytime. They're great, but are they really the turkey gravy of the East?
2: So what is that? What's your vote there, Joe?
0: I'm going turkey gravy.
2: Yeah, you know what? Everybody loves a good Cinderella story, and... uh writing this one all the way to the big dance
1: whoa interesting because I was gonna I mean I'm gonna my vote here is Hawaiian rolls I think they're just they're too delicious I don't I'm, I'm like a fat kid on Christmas with that stuff just shoving them in my mouth uh, they're delicious they're sweet they're easy to make like I said but okay Cinderella number 11 gravy with another upset both our top two seeds are down and we are at the championship the big dance. Luckily, we don't have to make an ESPN tiebreaker score on this. Just
2: have to pick the winner.
1: Number four, sweet potatoes versus number 11, turkey gravy. Gentlemen, the floor is yours.
2: Well, I'm going to go ahead and have to say that uh, we have a pretty good Cinderella story going. Cinderella is a fairy tale, as you well know. And why do they call it a fairy tale? Because it's not real. There are no fairy tales in real life. I got to go sweet potato it's casserole.
0: Just struck midnight <laughs> bitch. Sweet potato casserole all the way.
1: All right, I'm going to sweep that out too. Got to say sweet potato casserole it takes the cake here. Congratulations to number 4 sweet potatoes. Uh buy all your championship sweet potato gear online at yeah, just kidding. <laughs> favorite pie. Really quick before we finish out these Thanksgiving foods. What is y'all's favorite pie? I feel like that's another that's a whole other realm of food debates and we won't make a bracket for this, but Really quick, what's your favorite pie? There's a lot out there. Apple, key lime, pumpkin,
2: pecan, chocolate, lemon meringue. What is your favorite pie? Ooh, uh, it's apple and it's not close. Not even close. It's probably apple one and then maybe like 600 spots and then pecan and then maybe pumpkin. And you can get out of here with your key lime pie.
1: See, I would agree. I love apple pie with some ice cream. Absolutely delicious. One of my Ooh, favorite desserts absolutely. to have
0: on Thanksgiving. Joe? I find apple pie disgusting. <laughs> oh, I cannot stand. I cannot stand eating warm fruit. Are you kidding me? Oh God. Like if I wanted ice cream with my pie, you go pecan pie. That's my number two. But I'm gonna have to go chocolate cream uh for the dessert. I, like, look, I've already had my vegetables with the dinner. I'm done eating healthy. Give me just some straight-up saturated and trans fats
2: with some sweetness. Man, consider yourself lucky that uh, you picked sweet potato casserole in the bracket. Cause otherwise, <laughs> I think our friendship would be over. Yeah, I'm a little upset with Joe. I mean,
1: he's not 14 years old. He's actually seven uh, with all these uh, candy takes that he's given right now.
0: Sweet tooth over here. All right, that's enough Thanksgiving food takes. Hey, I was going to say, man, this is where friendships are forged or forgotten. So, um, you know, It's keep definitely your friends getting close close tested and your enemies
1: close. Yeah, it's getting tested here. All right. So in honor of Isaac being on the pod with all of his famous captions involving lyrics of a song, I thought we would each give our favorite verse. It could be any length. But Joe, what is your favorite verse of a rap song out there? Of a rap
0: song? Or any Not song. Not a big right? rap guy. Any know.
1: raps, any songs. Sorry. I mean, yeah.
0: Any song, you know, I I could go through each genre. I have a favorite from each one. I'll I'll stick with the rap genre, though. And uh, it's a song called Get This Money by Young Dolph. And the first lyrics of the song are, if you ain't talking money, I don't want to talk. That is is some true words spoken right there.
1: Uh, Before we go on, we'll have Isaac last. My favorite verse will be by a man who's famous for getting shot multiple times, and that's 50 Cent. Uh, and the verse is, I love you like a fat kid loves cake. Looking at you, Joe. Isaac, what's so your favorite cool. verse? <laughs>
2: <laughs> my favorite verse comes from a uh, Wayne Carter, stage name Little Wayne, and his uh, hit song Six Foot, Seven Foot. And this is actually one that has not made it on the Instagram yet. I'm saving it for a special occasion or for the right occasion. Oh, but I'll let you guys in on my favorite rap lyric. It's, uh, Real G's move in silence like lasagna. I think that uh, I think we can all identify with that a little bit. I think we all got a little bit of silent G in this.
0: Uh, amen. That. Amen.
1: That is exactly what I thought Isaac would bring to the table. Okay, let's get back to some sports. So we got Ray Allen admit, admitting to being a victim of catfishing in court. He was accused of stalking by Bryant Coleman, who apparently pretended to be multiple women and talked with Ray Allen. And like was like, like they were talking back and forth and Ray Allen was saying, hey, don't let my wife know that we're talking. Find come to find out the dude, the girl's a dude, just like it always is. And looks like he got uh, he got the Manti Teo treatment. So do you guys think this is going to just be common with athletes nowadays with Tinder and all these uh, dating services?
0: A hundred percent, man. I mean, it's, it's not even common just with athletes. I mean, these dudes probably are the anomaly and that they're going on the road you know 40 nights a year uh unless they're a baseball player they're going twice as many right so you know all these young guys even the married dudes as unfortunate as that is uh depending on your morality and ethics but uh you know they're just swiping like madmen. all they have to put is you know six seven pro athlete or on the clippers or on the astros like And it's too easy. And then these people who are catfishing know, oh, I could probably get paid some good money if I catfish them and then find out enough about them and be like, oh, you're cheating on your wife. I'll out you. They're the most vulnerable. I actually almost got catfished the other day. We talked about me being on dating apps. I asked someone, I was like, hey, which one are you in this photo? I can't tell. And they're like, "Uh, none of them. I just thought it'd be easier to catfish with a group photo. I was like, oh, my God.
2: Wow. I actually admitted it. I'm sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I I escaped uh, unscathed. Luckily for me, uh, unlike Ray Allen.
2: I mean, how old is Ray Allen? It's like he's got to be in his mid thirties, right? Oh, he's he's old. He's, I, mean, I mean, he's retired. Yeah, he's old. Imagine you're Ray Allen. You know, you're a star, former player, and you probably got his wife probably you know locked him down. You know, back when he was in his twenties, before the era of dating apps, before iPhones were really that prevalent. So Nobody imagine, can lock Ray Allen down. That guy can hit a jumper from anywhere. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Hey. <laughs> but I mean, that being said, imagine you know being Ray Allen, and these days you've got all these dating apps, you've got gorgeous women. Basically, at the touch of a button, you can talk to them, chat them up. It's a pretty bad luck to get caught doing that. You no know lie. Uh, I got catfished as a, you know, I think it's kind of a kind of a sorry excuse. But you know what? He was shooting his shot, He uh, and he airballed. What else can you say? Oof. Oof. That's
0: a that's a great sports analogy right there. Yeah, no lie. Long
2: sport, but, you know, it works.
1: There's another caption for you. Um, all right, Isaac. It's that time. You're, it's, your, it's your first right. time on the podcast, so... The floor is yours. People should probably know by now what's about to happen. It's Isaac's top five domestics. So start from the bottom. Start at number five. The floor is yours. Me and Joe will be here quietly disagreeing.
2: Okay, okay. Uh, No pressure. So I guess the ground rule, uh, domestic beers brewed in the U.S. of A. I'm going to start with actually an outside bubble pick. Uh, This is actually my favorite beer, but it's a little bit obscure. I just want to get the name out there and do some advertising for this brewery. Uh, the brewery is Ska Brewing, located in my former home, Durango, Colorado, and they make a Mexican lager that I swear is probably the best summer beer I've ever had. And The way I describe it to people is, imagine Dos Equis if Dos Equis were good. That's this beer, Mexican lager, Ska Brewing, if you see it, buy it. They throw a party when they uh, untap the kegs every summer. They usually run out by mid-July. They have to earmark certain barrels for the local population because it sells out everywhere else. Fantastic beer. Great, uh, great sense of community around it. Love it. Now we'll move into my actual top five. Top five domestic beers. And I'll start number five with one that I'll probably get some heat for, but I'm going to say uh, Blue Moon. I am a uh, sucker for a good Belgian-style ale, and uh, I think Blue Moon's probably the most recognized one around the country. I uh, I would also substitute in Live Oak Hefeweizen. I know that's a little bit more of a niche Texas beer, but both of those probably come in at number five for me. At uh, number four, I've got Coors Light. A Coors Light is a great go-to light beer when you're at the bar. I mean, I'm sure the three of us can remember getting buckets of this stuff at Dollar Beers in college. Great stuff. You even got the, the can that tells you how cold it is. Um, my only concern, my only critique is that you kind of have to have Coors Light really, really cold. And I know this is a similar take to what Derek offered on his list. But I, I just don't think Coors Light tastes that good once it cools down. You know, even you know, even up to like 50 degrees, it starts kind of tasting a little bit metallic. So for that reason, I keep it out of my top three. Uh, now, number three, a, uh, another Belgian-style ale. Uh, this one comes from... A New Belgian Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, the Fat Tire. This one should be pretty well known to most people out there, but man, is it a good beer! This was kind of my go-to beer when I was living in Colorado, and even now, if I find it available somewhere, I'll I'll ask for it because you know there's nothing better than a good summertime Belgian ale. And in Texas, summer tends to last from eh, around spring break until about Halloween, give or take a few weeks every year. So you know, really, no time of the year that's bad for a Fat Tire. Uh, That being said, and I've already thrown a couple Colorado beers on here, my loyalties lie to my home state, the great state slash nation of Texas. At number two, I'm putting the classic Shinerbach Bock beer. Now, this is, in my opinion, a domestic beer. Um, I've only found a couple beers, or sorry, a couple bars where they actually consider this a domestic beer, but you better believe that those bars are going to get repeat service from me for the rest of my life because Shinerbach Bock is the official beer of Texas, in my opinion. One of the better beers that I've had in my uh, short time on this earth and always a classic go-to when I'm feeling you know, that a light beer just isn't quite enough at the bar. Which brings me to number one and if you know me at all, you know where this is going. I am a Miller Lite boy through and through. Miller Lite is the number one choice for me. Everything about it is just perfect. It's crisp, it's nice when it's cold. It's still pretty tasty when it's, um, when it's a little bit warmer. The can design is just immaculate. And you better believe that when I'm going to the bar and I'm ordering a bucket, the first thing I'm asking for is a bucket of Miller Lights. It's also a good uh, comfort beer for me. If I'm at a bar that I don't like, take, for instance, last weekend I was uh, up in Midtown Houston at a bar late at night. Not really my scene. I was feeling a little bit out of my element. So what did I do? Went to the bar, ordered Miller Lights. Held onto that thing, nursed it for a little while, uh, a little while, and then before you knew it, I was on the dance floor, having a good time, back in my element. Great comfort beer. Beer I drink probably more than any other one. And clear cut number one for me. That's my top five.
0: All right. So not the No, I like go. I like the addition of the fat tire. That was nice. That that that's a sleeper pick right there. Definitely a sleeper pick. Not the worst list I've ever
1: heard. Gotta say it's up there, but I just love this. Oh, I can't have a beer if it's over or- over fifty degrees, Joe. You think he's sitting there at the chorus light and a thermometer's beer, like, oh, it's fifty degrees. Guess he can't drink it anymore. Yeah, and then what's this? Com- what's this it's comfort head head. beer, Isaac? What the hell is a comfort beer? That sound like a, <laughs> sound like a, yeah. You sound like a girl with it's like anxiety
0: a, issues or something. It's like a binky, every, a binky for a baby. every beer is a comfort it is. beer.
1: It's a fucking beer.
0: Gosh Almighty, not like not like Miller Light, my man. Joe, any uh, any other qualms? Um, a, a little too fancy for uh, my tastes. Um, I'm definitely more of a, uh, as the uh, plebeians may call it, a piss beer fan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I disagree with that uh, identifier. I, I definitely, you know, everybody's got their own tastes. You know, you, you're talking live Oaks, you're talking Hefeweizens, you're talking Blue Moons, you know, it's a little a little on the fancier side. I can respect it. You know, sometimes I do end up ordering that so I don't get beer ashamed. So um, uh, respect. Respect.
2: Yeah, I accept your uh, I accept your oh, criticism. You dirty hipster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I accept your criticism. I just uh refuse to be caught dead with Bud Light or Budweiser on my top 5. That's all I'm saying.
1: Oh, that's just ridiculous. Budweiser is king of beers. That's why it's branded that way. Joe, did you like that drop? I'm glad I have that always ready.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, I had forgotten about that. It's been a while since I've been on here and I knew you had a drop of me. I forgot what it was though, and uh, yeah, it's great. That was very fitting. <laughs> All right, guys. Anything else before we get out of here? I'm good. No, thanks All for right.
2: having me on,
1: Joey. All right, no problem. All right, so that's going to do it for a special Thanksgiving wishbone classic edition of the BBB podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes at the BBB podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the BBB Pod. Joe, do you have a Twitter? Uh, give out. Go. You can go ahead and give your uh, handle. You too, Isaac.
0: Yeah, I am. At Joe McMahon, I-V. That's J-O-E McMahon, spelled like Vince McMahon of the WWE. Shouts to Uncle Vince. And then an I and a V as in Vortex, because we're getting twisted. (laughs) You can catch me
2: on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat uh, at Fiesta Del Reyes. That's Fiesta. You know how to spell that. Del, D-E-L-R-E-Y-E-S.
1: When you brought up WWE, Joe, it reminded me that I thought that Jerry Jones versus Roger Goodell in a, in a wrestling match would be a pretty fun to watch, too. Even though Jerry Jones is old as shit, I feel like he has a lot of heart and a lot of uh, passion left to give it a good fight out there. Well,
0: you know, he and Trump are a similar age. What if we did like a tag team match, oh. you know, Lavar and Goodell against Ooh. Trump and Jones? Now, you're, that you're, now you're talking. You're talking now. We'll have
1: to talk to their people. I'm sure, I'm sure you just need.
0: That's for another podcast. That's for, definitely for another <laughs>
1: podcast. All right. For Joe and for Isaac, I am Joey. Have a great Thanksgiving, folks.